0: Have you ever wondered why it's difficult to give your attention, energy, and take action on what matters the most to you, or to speak up with clarity from the best part of yourself? If that's you, then you're in the right place. The Follow-Through Formula is dedicated to providing daily inspiration for you to follow through on the real you. Hey, everybody, this is Rick Lewis once again with a follow-through formula podcast. This is episode number 27. And if you remember, it was back on episode six that I had my good friend, Dr. John Souza, join me for a spontaneous conversation he didn't even know we were gonna have. And I'm doing it again. Granted, it's not so so much of a surprise to him. He's probably been suspecting I might spring this on him again. So he's sitting here smiling and nodding. Um, But yeah, that was such a great conversation and people, I got really good feedback on it. So I'm inviting John. This is Tuesday Talk with John. And uh, here we are. And we, again, we don't know what we're going to talk about, but um, it's bound to be rich and useful because John is just, insightful and wonderful that way. So welcome back, John. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. So it's been a couple of weeks since you and I first spoke and I was just in the very early stages of my podcast. I was six days in. Now this is day 27. And it's been an amazing, incredible ride for me. But I want to introduce a subject to you for us to just consider together and that is how important the small things that we do day in and day out are to the kind of experience we have in our lives the small habits we have that we repeat either personally just with ourselves or in relationship to other people that have a big impact because when it comes to follow through I think often there's this idea that that follow through is like a big act where it's like we go okay I'm gonna go for that interview for that job or send out a letter to see if they'll publish my manuscript but often follow through isn't something that's like this one big thing that we do it's what we're doing all day long every day in really small doses that make a big difference yeah
1: so this is a really important point i think what came to my mind is our thoughts how every day there is an invitation to perpetuate a habit of thought and in fact just this morning i received an email from this uh, online musician group that i'm working with about the importance of mindset and how musicians tend to think small
0: they don't think big enough which is interesting well Uh, so hold on one sec just in case people are just tuning into this episode and they didn't hear our first episode just a reminder that you are in the middle of uh, making (laughs) this transition from being a longtime clinical psychologist or family and uh, marriage therapist to a previous life love which is being a musician so you're in the middle of this big life leap to do that and I just wanted to let people who are listening know that
1: thank you yeah right so I'm trying to reconstitute my musicianship so that my life is uh, more complete in that way Mm -hmm. and um, as I've been doing that just noticing the day-to-day thoughts that I'm having about that practice right so I could I could think this isn't possible, or I could think that uh, there's no way that I could ever be good enough. Like all those little ways that I could talk myself out of it. Those are little habits, right? And this isn't news. I mean, we people know about cognitive uh, behavioral therapy, neuro linguistic programming. It's been around for decades, right? But that is what I thought of, Rick, when you said habits, uh, not
0: physical, but more the mental habits? Well, it's really the seed of action. All our thoughts are the seed state of the action that follows. And if we're not paying attention at that level to what those thoughts are, then they wind up getting traction first in our mind, they become more magnified in our mind. And especially if it's unconscious, it bleeds into behavior. then has a big impact yeah so i've got a good story that relates to this years ago when i was working on my book confident under pressure i woke up one morning to find that my shoulder was completely messed up totally out of whack so much i couldn't even lift my arm above shoulder level the agility and mobility in my arm was was completely restricted and i could not figure out what had, why this had occurred. Cause I hadn't like fallen down on it. I wasn't lifting weights or doing any kind of weird exercise with it. It was just that my shoulder was suddenly blown out and I'm like, this is weird. So I go to the doctor and this is about three days later. You know, I'm thinking maybe it'll work itself out, but it doesn't. So I go to the doctor and the doctor <clears throat> And the doctor examines me and you know how it is, like the classic uh, go see an expert and they tell you what you already know. He says, yeah, your shoulders messed up. And I'm like, yeah, no kidding. So what he told me is that he's seen it before. It's called frozen shoulder and that it was gonna take me six months of physiotherapy to work it out and get through it. And I'm like, what, this is bizarre. This is just so weird. This thing randomly happens and now I need six months of physical therapy fix it. So he writes me a prescription to go see the physio. And between the time of the prescription and the physio appointment, which was like, you know, a week later, I just felt I had this big question mark hanging over my head. I'm like, what is going on with my shoulder? So I started just watching everything that I was doing to see if I could figure out if there was something that was causing this that was out of my awareness. And when I went To sit down at my computer to start writing, what I noticed is that every time I got into thinking mode where I was really trying to figure out, okay, what language do I want to use and how, how do I want to say this thing, I would lean forward and put my elbow on the desk, my right elbow, and lean into it so most of my upper body weight was being held up on my right Shoulder, this little action of just when I was trying to find the right words to say something, that was my thinking posture. I'd put all my weight on that right elbow and it would translate into my right shoulder. And I knew the moment I caught myself doing that, I'm like, that's it. That's what I've been doing to create this problem with my shoulder. And it took me three days of paying really careful attention. To not doing that, and the whole problem went away. Not even, not anywhere near six months of physical ther of uh, physiotherapy, and all I had to do was pay attention to how I was using wow, my body. That's a powerful a repeated, story. Small what are what are the small habits that you're noticing in your shift to the musicianship? You know the re. Um, the reapproach to your musician's life. Yeah. What are some of the small habits you're seeing that are this level of obstacle and hindrance? Well, actually,
1: um, I would say less hindrance and more facilitative is the, is a habit that I'm developing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a family therapist, uh, I've been trained to pay attention to relationships. That's sort of the the, the method of intervention is the relationship mine with clients and the clients with each other right that's where the healing occurs so actually to become uh, a musician or to reconstitute that for myself i had to start forming relationships in a meaningful way um and maintain of course the meaningful relationships that i already have and it's small behaviors like for example Connecting to people on social media not necessarily just for promotional or professional purposes, but really Connecting with them as a person Uh So that I'm not just trying to sell them something. I'm not seeing them as just a dollar sign They are people and there are enough people out there that probably want to connect Because of something that I'm interested in that they're interested in too and this music is a way to bring it together right that I'm going to do that. It's just a slower process, though, than, say, a straight up, you know, monetarily based marketing campaign. Right. So that's been the habit for me is paying attention to relationships. I've done it on social media every day. I'm tending to those relationships. Um, like we've talked about before in this process, paying attention to my, my wife and my daughter, those relationships. Because if those relationships aren't solid, None of this other stuff is going to last. Right. Right. Um, so being intentional about uh, keeping a, a weekly appointment with my wife, where there's one hour every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m., where we just sit, have coffee, and talk. No screens, no talk about kids. We're just talking about each other, how we're doing. Hmm. I'm uh, just thinking randomly here, other things to answer your question. Uh, oh, referring to myself as a musician on a more regular basis uh-huh. has been huge. And this is something that you actually started. So I'm blaming you for this. Uh, yeah, this is, oh, gosh, this was months ago that you posed this question to me. I'll never forget. You said, well, what if you referred to yourself as a musician and the light bulb went off and it was so scary to do that for the first time? But I remember about a week later we got together again and I told you, I said, I tried it. I I told somebody who was a musician first and then I mentioned that I was a therapist instead of the other way around or not at all mentioning it. And since then, it's become really comfortable and
0: important for me to use that moniker on a regular basis. When you talk about that small step of just saying I'm a musician, um, it seems so tiny But it's actually a a small, very big action. It's huge, actually. And
1: there's a theory called symbolic interactionism that speaks to this in a more academic way. It says that there is a process of role making and role taking from the time that we're just little ones. We grow up watching people in different roles and and we start to take on those roles. And we start to make those roles our own. And it's a huge part of our identity development. And But there, there are different roles that we take on. So whatever role we take on the most becomes the largest part of our identity. And so if we, if we invoke the role of podcaster or author or speaker more often, say on a daily basis, perhaps multiple times a day, then, yeah, we start to really embody that. Right. And in our actions, like you said, thoughts are the seed of action. Our actions will follow suit. Right. Like, I am a podcaster. Of course, I podcast. Right. Have I podcasted today? No. Am I talking to John? Hey, let's do a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a musician. Do I have any music? Yes. But musicians don't just make music and stop. What am I working on now? Yeah. Right? So every day I'm thinking about what's my next piece. I'm in the middle of a piece right now. I'm so excited. I can't wait to you know, wrap it up and share it with you. But it's become a habit.
0: Yes. I- oh, I can't wait to hear it. It thrills me so much that we were sitting in this position in these chairs, even though it's remote, a month ago. And we were both kind of like on the nervous edge of, okay, I I think I'm gonna try and be a musician, and I'm like, okay, I I think I'm gonna try and be a podcaster, and a month to turn around, only a month later, and I can say, like, when I say right now from where I'm sitting, I'm a podcaster. I'm saying that with a degree of bodily confidence and authority that just was nowhere in sight just a month ago. But what I've been able to accomplish internally with that Mm. sense of inhabiting this identity and feeling comfortable in it, just by doing it every day, and I'm not spending all day at it, I'm spending a couple hours a day doing Mm. this. And the difference is profound. It's so immense, and I know the same is true for you with your music that you've been producing 100 percent. yeah
1: yeah just that juxtaposition of time is powerful it's a powerful reminder of how quickly things can shift in our lives if we do things consistently uh, for better or for worse you know if we're consistently inactive we'll start to feel
0: pretty crappy yep and not too
1: much time. If we're consistently active, we'll start to feel a little
0: bit better. Um, The way you just said it is actually what is most of an alive consideration for me, that if we're consistently active, how quickly things can change, how quickly we can find ourselves adopting a new position and a new sense of some Traction and authority in our lives is remarkable if you just are consistent
1: And coming back to relationships, I think it's really hard to be consistent, especially in new things without Solid relationships supporting you. That's why Community groups are so important. So for anybody that's listening to this that's making their own life leap become part of a community group because you just can't go it alone. No one is in this canoe alone, at least no one that gets very far. We always have to have people supporting us, paddling along with us. Um, so being a musician has been difficult uh, in that you know there's been doubt in my mind as I have the echo chamber of my mind. So getting outside of myself and giving my music to others to listen to and getting their feedback, has been incredibly helpful. Watching others in their struggles, listening to their music or listening to their successes uh, has given me a sense of what's possible. People who want to make their life leap should join your community. And, and I mean that, like you and the people that you, the culture that you're creating, Rick, can really help people shift. I know because I'm doing it. And I didn't even mean for this to be a life leap for me in in the way, but. that that you do it with other people. It's just because of our connection that you have rubbed off on me. What you do with people naturally, and now you're creating an opportunity for them to do it intentionally is powerful. So thank you for that.
0: Oh, it's so, so my pleasure. Something in me just wants the evidence of people's face lighting up and the tone in their voice and the quality of their attention i want to see that in people
1: well you've activated it in me i mean you've helped me f- rediscover my purpose in a very new and mature way it's not ego driven it's it's just a soul sort of project it's a soul purpose uh s-o-u-l purpose mm-hmm. uh, and it's helping me really just trim other areas of my life that aren't serving that purpose anymore um, it's bringing joy into my life in a way that I haven't experienced in years. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make a living off of it, but I'm going to be very intentional about that being a reality for me. Um, but I, I'm, I have my other career, too, and they work really well together. So for anybody listening to this, I'd say absolutely. It's possible to make a life leap to maintain both uh if you really dial into what your purpose is, that thing that really energizes you and motivates you, that fulfills your cup, it will only energize the other parts of your life right. And it will it will devitalize in a good way, in kind of
0: like a pruning way the other parts of your life that aren't serving your purpose. You mentioned that a minute ago and I that jumped out for me. I wanted to go back to that because so often, People are trying to curtail or refrain from bad habits without the presence of the thing that would so naturally just push those to the side as a secondary effect of doing what they love to where actually dropping bad habits kind of can be a non-issue. It's, I think the way the way things that aren't serving us most ease, easefully um, get handled is they just drop away because basically we got better things to do once we discover what those things are That's right and where I come back to all the time seeing the peace that's in between where we stand and what the thing is that enlivens us is anxiety anxiety mm. about moving toward what feels good what gives us energy what lights us up I just don't know if I've ever met anybody who doesn't have some version of that kind of very old cellular injunction that's present for them, that makes them put a little lid on the things that really bring them to life. Yeah, when
1: you use the word anxiety, I, I typically think of anxiety and depression as junk terms. So I'd like to call them for what they are at their core which is for anxiety it's fear for depression it's sadness or pain okay
0: that makes sense that makes total sense
1: right so now if I say I'm scared well I know
0: exactly what to do with that Wow (laughs) that's amazing I had never even thought of it that way because I keep using the word anxiety but it is totally just frickin fear I'm just, just scared fear. to do to do it
1: <laughs> and there is uh there is some literature on fear that there are really only five basic types of fear, so if you narrow your anxiety down to fear, now you can further narrow it down to what specific flavor of fear is it
0: uh let me guess public speaking um no tell me what they are. Okay, So the first one, across the board,
1: all humans, all, yeah, I'll stick with humans, fear uh, extinction, a fear of annihilation or ceasing to exist, death. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. The second one, mutilation. There's a fear of physically getting maimed in some oh my way. God. Okay. I know, right? Okay. The third one is a fear of a loss of autonomy. A loss of being uh, uh, mobile, not being able to to be mobile, being paralyzed or restricted, uh, enveloped, overwhelmed, trapped, imprisoned, like that kind of loss of autonomy. Okay, yeah. The fourth one is a fear of separation or abandonment. Rejection, Uh, loss of connectedness. Okay, that's big. Becoming a non-person. That's big. And the fifth one... It's ego death, the fear of humiliation or shame
0: or any other profound self disapproval. Wow. Okay, wait, what's the difference between those last two? Because aren't those, like those seem to cross over together for me. So the the separation and um, being ostracized from people or judged. Right. Well, I, I would frame it, the five
1: fears correlate with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you're familiar at all with that, yeah, yeah, very base level. You know, we we need that. We need food, air, water, right? So that correlates with the fear of annihilation. And then the next one up is uh, we need physical security and safety. We need employment. We need resources. Uh, so that takes care of the fear of. Uh, more more you know dismemberment mortality that kind of stuff okay uh, or mutilation rather not mortality next up in maslow's you have um the the need for love and belonging and that is that loss of autonomy fear that will be um we will be entrapped somewhere okay uh, next we have esteem that separation that is from um uh, you know, confidence, achievement, respect of others, that we won't be seen as those things in others' eyes. And then this last one, the top one is the ego death that's related to morality, self actualization, creativity, spontaneity. So the difference is that separation is really about our relationship with others, and uh, ego death is more of a separation from ourselves.
0: Ah, okay. Wow. And those two would really play into each other, though, because if you're if because part of the self actually actualization process of really being oneself may include a way you have to be with others. And so you could. It has to. You cannot know yourself outside
1: of a relationship with another. Oh, man. Wow. So to, to bring it back down to just really simple brass tacks. Yeah. i would advise anybody in this life leap process if you're feeling anxiety recognize it as a fear Yep. Yeah. identify are you afraid of humiliation are you afraid of
0: losing your autonomy and then lean into those fears so for me sitting in front of a microphone and my computer i don't fantasies of mutilation are not the ones that are coming up but the ones about separation from others being judged and the fear that i won't find a way to fully connect with who i am um those are big those are so present in my daily activity so this is really good the the fear distinction about it's it's just being afraid that seems super super useful to just admit that that's what's going on well you have to go i know i i put you right up to the edge of a, another appointment you have to go to. But I'm so glad we got to talk. Remind us once again, so you can just say where people can find your music so they can go listen to the stuff you're putting out right now. Awesome, thanks, Rick. I'm excited to say that now you can find my music
1: under the name, The John Sojourn. You know, My name is John Souza, and this is The John Souza Journey. So it's The John Sojourn. It's a smooshing together of my last name and the journey. Go to Spotify. I'm on iTunes. You can go to all the major music distributors now and find uh my music.
0: Great. And I have been listening to your music late at night when I'm tired and I've got a lot of work to do and I feel like just hanging it in. I put your music on and it's so nourishing of my energy and my spirit and calming and it's awesome. I don't I don't know what I'm listening to. I guess it's just your playlist, but It's sure helping me.
1: That's awesome. I'm so glad, Rick. Thank you for this opportunity. Thanks for the support. And thanks for
0: these podcasts. They're super helpful. My pleasure. Thanks for jumping in again. And we'll talk soon. All right, my friend. Take care. Bye. Hey, thanks everybody for joining me in my conversation with Dr. John Souza. I always love talking to him. This has been episode 27 of the Follow-Through Formula Podcast, and I'll be back tomorrow. Hey, thanks for being here and being a die-hard listener down to the last decibel. My vision for these conversations is that you get informed and inspired to take consistent action on the real you. If these podcasts help you to do that, I'm thrilled. And if you'd like to take that work to the next level, I invite you to join me inside the Life Leap community where I'm creating a culture and a support network for those who want to pursue what matters most in their lives. To learn more, just go to gamesforconfidence.com and click on the Life Leap menu item. I'd love to see you on the inside, and otherwise, I'm sure we'll meet again in another episode.